Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, welcome to church. So glad you're here. I see some new faces in the room. Thanks for being here with us. It's such an honor to have you here as our guest today. If you don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, this is a place where you can come in to get equipped to go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God. We're not here to play church. We're not into that sort of thing. So if you're going to come here, we're going to put you to action. We're going to put you to work. (laughs) So I'm just going to give you a forewarning on that. Now, throughout the year, I'll normally group my messages into series so that we can uh, tackle specific subjects thoroughly. But in the summer, we change things up a bit. In June and in July, we have a different speaker, a different subject every Sunday just to enjoy the variety that's in the body of Christ. And we've had four great messages so far. If you missed them, you can find them on our website or on our YouTube channel. But today, I'm going to reveal how to live in freedom. Y'all like my little pet up here this morning. Beth said that it's going to look like he's pecking at my head. I was like, this is, this is my pal right here. So it doesn't matter who is trying to take freedom away from you. Freedom belongs to you through Christ. You see, Jesus already made a way for you to experience freedom in your body. He made a way for you to experience freedom in your mind, freedom from your past, freedom from sin. So are you ready to walk in a new level of freedom starting today? Because that's what I'm believing for. Whenever I speak these words today, whenever I speak the word of God, it's going to lead you into a new level of freedom. And I'm sure you found some freedom already, but there is a next level of freedom for everybody in this room, and you're going to find it today. Now, all throughout the Bible, you'll actually find that God's way to freedom centers around relationships. And that's kind of odd because most of our problems come from relationships. Am I right? Anybody have a crazy relative, crazy friend? crazy kids. Not in this room. But isn't it just like the devil to pervert God's system? Like he couldn't create his own, so he decided to use broken relationships to lead you to pain and hang-ups and habits and addictions. But God uses healthy relationships to lead you into freedom. Take a look. We find this in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You see, God's system is honesty and transparency in relationships. That's how you find and that's how you walk in freedom. So do whatever it takes to build relationships here at church. Do whatever it takes because at some point you're going to need somebody in your corner to pray for you so that you may be healed. I feel like we have this disease in the current Christian culture where we think that we can do things all by ourselves. Like, I have to believe for my own healing. I have to solve my own problems. Anybody? I mean, that's a thing. And a lot of us fall into it, but no, you can't do it by yourself. We were designed as the body of Christ. You're just the finger. You're going to need the arm at some point. You're going to need the foot at some point. We need each other. So don't wait until your life falls apart. Build the relationships now so that you have them whenever you need them. And although relationships with other believers is one of the ways that we find freedom, there's actually nothing about God that's one-dimensional. How many of you guys have ever read a scripture? You got something out of it. Years later, you read that same scripture and you get something else out of it. And then you read it again and you get, I mean, it just comes alive. It's just, there's nothing about God that's one dimensional. And we can also, so we can also find freedom through the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, we tend to casually position the cross as a symbol on our walls or maybe as a necklace around our neck, but there's so much depth to the cross that we tend to look over. You see, 1 Corinthians 
Chapter 1, verse 18 says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The cross is not just a symbol. It's the very power of God. And everything that Jesus went through leading up to the cross was intentional, and it provided something for you. You see, Jesus getting whipped had purpose. The crown of thorns had purpose. The nails had purpose. And even that spear that went into Jesus' side had purpose. Everything was done to Jesus, everything that was done to Jesus has purpose so that the power of God could change every area of your life. You see, the cross is the very power of God. It's not a necklace. It's not something on your wall. It's God's power working miracles in your life. So let me take you back just a few months before Jesus went to the cross. He was teaching. He was healing. He was loving people. He never did anything wrong. He lived a perfect life. And then there was a group of religious people who hated Jesus. They hated him so much that they arrested him, and they didn't even have a reason to (laughs) arrest him. I mean, what can you do to somebody who's lived a perfect life? You can tell lies about him. They wanted him dead, but they couldn't find anything to charge him with until this. In Matthew chapter 26, the high priest said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Then they spat on his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands. That's all they had against him, his true identity. (laughs) Since Jesus said he was the Son of God, they charged him with blasphemy. They thought they had finally found something against this guy. Little did they know he really was the Son of God, which they soon found out after they killed him. What's interesting about this whole thing is that God could have picked any time in history to send his son to die for our sins, but he picked a time in history when execution was at its worst. I mean, today, the worst that would have happened to Jesus if he lived in America is lethal injection. But God chose the time when people were being executed on a cross, the most painful, drawn-out execution that has ever existed. The death of Christ was prophesied in exact detail 800 years before it happened by the prophet Isaiah. The whole time, God knew exactly what was going to happen to his son, and he sent him anyway. Isaiah prophesied four different things that Jesus would go through. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. These things didn't just happen to Jesus, they happened for you, all four of them. These four things represent something that Jesus did for you, and I'm going to explain all four of them, not in the order of this verse, but in the order that they actually happened. You see, the first step in any Roman execution was called the scourging. They would use a tool called the cat of nine tails, which had nine leather strips on it connected to a handle. They would tie bone and rock, wire and glass to these leather strips. And then they would soak the leather strips in water to make them heavier. And then they would take, the, take this thing with two hands, and they would embed all of those sharp objects into the flesh and then yank down. This happened to Jesus 39 times. 39. 13 across one shoulder, 13 across the other shoulder, and 13 right down the middle of his back. Roman law did not allow for more than 39 times because people wouldn't survive. If they went further than that, they would never make it to the cross. 
Isaiah tells us why Jesus was whipped like this. By his stripes, we are healed. So the whip represents freedom in my body. Every time the whip hit Jesus, it provided healing for sickness, healing for disease. He didn't just pay the price for your sin. He paid the price for your sickness as well. God does not give us sickness and disease to teach us a lesson. Satan is the author of sickness and disease, and Jesus paid the price for you to be free from all of it. Am I saying that God still heals today? You better know that I am. He does still heal today. The great physician, God Almighty, is still working miracles today through the Holy Spirit. The question is, why does not everyone get healed? That's the question that rings in our heads. And there's no simple answer, but I can tell you this. God is not withholding healing from anybody. He's not withholding. It's always his will to heal. How do you know, Cade? Study the word of God. You'll find it to be true. If I had time to get into it, today I would. You can just go search YouTube because I have gotten into it in the past and you can watch it there. But it is always his will to heal. And this means that the hangup has to be somewhere with the receiver because it's not with the transmitter. It's not. I've seen God heal incurable cancer. I've watched with my own eyes as somebody's leg grew out because one was shorter than the other right in front of me. It was amazing. I've witnessed God perform amazing healing miracles. And at the same time, just a few years ago, my father-in-law died of cancer at the age of 50. I believe he could have been miraculously healed. I do. I believe. But when he was laying in that hospital, my wife, Beth, went and asked him, you want a miracle? Because I believe you can walk out of here with your miracle. And to our surprise, the answer was no. He didn't want it. He was ready to go to his eternal home. And back then, I didn't understand. None of us understood. What in the world? I mean, at age 50, you have so much life still ahead of you. But now I understand. (laughs) I mean, as I've been studying the end times, I've been thinking a lot about heaven and how close it is. And I am really excited (laughs) to go there. I am so excited. So I'm guessing that he got a glimpse of it. He's like, I ain't staying here. (laughs) I ain't staying here. So am I going to abandon faith in healing because somebody didn't get healed? No, I'm not. I trust God and I believe his word no matter what's going on around me. Some of you are going to receive healing today in your body through the word that is spoken because there is power in the word of God being spoken Listen to this, 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That is past tense. You were healed. It has already been done 2,000 years ago. Whenever Jesus took those stripes on his back, as he was suffering, as they would embed that stuff into his flesh and yank down, he knew I'm providing healing for the body of Christ. Let the scripture cause your faith to rise. You have already been healed. Get your receiver fixed. Get it fixed because healing is transmitting all the time. Receive it. So after Jesus took the stripes on his back for your healing, the guards did something that they wouldn't normally do. They took Jesus to a place where the guards would hang out so that they could mock him. They blindfolded him and then they would slap him in the face. And they'd say, if you're a prophet like you say you are, then tell us who just slapped you. Of course, we all know that Jesus could have told them exactly who it was. He could have turned them into a puff of smoke if he wanted to. But he didn't. 
He just sat there in complete peace and quiet. They slapped him, they spit on him, but they couldn't get a reaction out of him. So they made this crown out of a thorn branch that had two-inch thorns on it. Anybody ever got caught in a thorn, Oklahoma thorn bush? I mean, those are like one centimeter long, right? That's not what, Jesus, that's not what was put on Jesus' head. These are two-inch thorns that were shoved onto his head. So not only did this make blood run down his face, but it also caused intense pressure in his head. And that's when he said, Isaiah saw this whenever he said the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Isn't it interesting that when you don't have peace, it's because of an attack on your mind. The crown of thorns has purpose, represents freedom in your mind. Are you anxious about what's going on in the world? Is there something in your own life that's causing anxiety? Do the gas prices make you a little nervous? Yeah? Or maybe something a friend's going through is causing you anxiety or a family member. The fear, the anxiety, the stress, that's not for you. That's an intruder. Jesus didn't come just so you could get into heaven. Jesus came to get, he gave you peace. He gave you peace. Take a look at this. It's awesome. John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus talking, and he says, peace, I leave with you. He didn't take it with him. He left it for us. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, I was just talking about how scriptures will sometimes, you'll learn something new out of them. I learned something new out of the scripture this morning when I was practicing this message. The word let jumped out at me. Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, somebody has responsibility. Let not your heart be afraid. It's up to you. It's up to you. If, you're, if you aren't living in peace, then you're rejecting the gift that Jesus gave you. Sure, you can live without peace and still go to heaven, but why leave one of the benefits of your salvation on the table? Why would you do that? You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus gave you a gift of peace, and it doesn't even make sense. We talked about that a little bit last week when I talked about peace and joy in the end times. It doesn't make sense for us to be peaceful and joyful whenever we're paying 4 or $5 for gas, but we are. We have peace. We have joy. So if you're wondering why you aren't experiencing this peace right now, let me show you. Isaiah chapter 26, he says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Where's your trust? Is it in your savings account, in your job? Is it in your spouse, somebody else? Is it in how many likes you get on Instagram? Or for the older generation here, Facebook? Or for the younger generation, Snapchat? Can you get likes on there? I don't know. I don't have Snapchat. Not young enough for that. Is it in the government? Probably not at this point. (laughs) If you fix your thoughts on what the news is telling you or trying to figure out what's going to happen next or worrying about the economy, you're going to get the world's gift to you. (laughs) Fear and anxiety. But if you turn off the world and you fix your thoughts on God, like this scripture says, by prioritizing the Bible, spending time in prayer, building relationships with other believers, you're going to get what Jesus gave you. Overwhelming peace. I got all this peace. I need to give it to somebody else because I got more than I need. That's how we should be walking around. 
So every time you see a picture of Jesus with that crown of thorns, you should remember, he did that for me so that I could have peace. I could have freedom in my mind. And after they tortured him, after they mocked him, they brought Jesus back out into public and they made him carry his own cross to a place where they would crucify him and they nailed him to that cross. And you know, there's significance to the nails going through his hands and through his feet. You know, your hands represent everything you've ever done. Your feet represent everywhere you've ever been. And that's why Isaiah said he was pierced for our transgressions. Those things that we've done wrong, those places that we never should have been. Because the nails represent freedom from my past. (laughs) Jesus took the nails through his hands and his feet to give you freedom from everything you've ever done and everywhere you've ever been. We talk a lot about how Jesus forgives sins, and that's absolutely true, but there's more to it than that. You see, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Never again. You know, if a kid broke the neighbor's window, if your kid broke the neighbor's window while they were playing ball, the dad would probably go and make amends with the neighbor and pay for the window. Or should, maybe not these days, but you know. In the ideal world... But you better know, when he gets back home, Johnny, little Johnny, is getting a whooping, right? He's getting a whooping. In other words, the dad paid for it, but he didn't forget it. And that's exactly how so many Christians view God. You know Jesus paid for your sin, but you think he still remembers it. No. (laughs) He doesn't remember it. He done forgot, and he's not going to bring it up again. He didn't file it away for later. He burned it up, never to be seen or talked about again. It's gone. He actually goes further than that. Because how many of you know that you can have something paid for, and maybe even your daddy forgets it, but you didn't forget it? Everyone else is good, but you continue to carry around that shame, that guilt, that regret. So Jesus not only paid for your sin, he not only forgot about it, but take a look at this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. He takes the stain of sin off of your life. And some of you know that your sins have been forgiven, but you're still carrying around that shame. Jesus wants to free you from that shame today. Freedom from your past belongs to you, and today is today for you to step into freedom and let God purify your conscience. Purify so you can walk free from shame and freely worship God. You know, it was many years, many, many years into my Christian walk before I understood this truth. It took me a long time. I told you my testimony a few weeks ago about how Jesus delivered me from homosexuality. What I didn't tell you is that it took me years after that to be delivered from the shame, the guilt, the regret. I carried it around like an ugly pet. I thought I deserved to carry my shame. I thought that holding on to my shame somehow paid for the things that I had done wrong. 
But then I found out it had already been paid for. All those years I was trying to pay off an account that had a zero balance. Now I know Jesus didn't just deliver me from homosexuality. He delivered me from shame and regret. So I don't hold on to my past. Jesus already paid for it. He already forgave it. He already forgot about it. Amen. I'm going to follow him. He's got this figured out. Man. You see, I don't use this, though, as an excuse to live a sloppy life. How could I? (laughs) How could I? The power of Jesus Christ delivered me from sin, so I choose to live in freedom. (laughs) Freedom. So there Jesus was hanging on the cross, and about three o'clock in the afternoon, he breathed his last breath. They were kind of surprised because they expected him to last longer than that. So one of the guards took a spear and jabbed it up into Jesus' side, into his heart, to make sure that he was really dead. And out of his chest cavity came a mixture of blood and water. Medical science would tell you that this reveals that his heart would have already ruptured before they stuck a spear up into his chest. So how did Jesus die? Was it from blood loss, from pain, from suffocation? No. He died because his heart was literally crushed. Have you ever had your heart crushed? Maybe by a divorce or by someone you love dying way before they were supposed to or by a grown child going in the wrong direction or by a business failure. Jesus knew that we would all experience our hearts getting crushed by the circumstances of this life and he felt that pain that we feel, and the pain was so intense, it literally crushed his heart. And that's why the spear represents this, freedom in my heart. Jesus gave you freedom in your body. He gave you freedom in your mind. He gave you freedom from your past. And he also wants you free from all the pain that you've experienced. You see, Psalms 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. People have probably told you that you'll never recover from what happened to you. But Jesus says otherwise. Today, Jesus wants to heal your broken heart and restore you back to innocence, back to joy, back to who you originally were created to be. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.